1: Today's Christmas for New Zealand's writers and book publishers, uh, or maybe just the beginning of the twelve days of Christmas, with the long list for the prestigious Ockham Book Awards out, uh, with a record forty, a record-breaking forty-four titles. These awards, of course, showcase the best of the country's literary talent. They cover poetry, prose, general and illustrated non-fiction. Also, there's a sixty-five thousand dollar prize for the Fiction Award, with slightly smaller purses for the other categories as well. Uh, so to find out all there is to know about this list, I'm joined now by Nicola Leggett, who is the Chair of the New Zealand Book Awards Trust. Nicola, kia ora, and thanks very much for coming on night. Kia
2: ora, Emil. Thank you for having me, and congratulations on the new job.
1: Thank you. Yes, it's delightful. I'm yeah. having an absolute <laughs> blast. Um, Good. Now, let me ask you this. Do you read everything on the list?
2: I must confess, I haven't. Well, but it, there's my, a lot of books. There's <laughs> a lot of books. I've read quite a few of them, and I've published a few of them. Um, but I, what I tend to do when the long list comes out, I do make it my business to, you know, really dive in and, and read all of them. I really do tr- try quite hard to do that.
1: Why do literary prizes have long lists?
2: Well, I think why do they have long lists? I guess it's like the. there's there's such a big field in New Zealand with hundreds of books entered every year and I think if you were to go straight to a short list you're just leaving so many people out in the cold and Really um, diminishing the profile of so many fantastic books, so mm-hmm. that's why there's always been a process here where we do a long list first, and then a couple of months later we go to the short list, which is really getting down to the, you know, the nitty gritty. Um, but I think it's very it's very generous um, to to salute these books. There's yeah. still so many more that did miss out just to get down to 44. But yeah, that's the way we like to run it.
1: You know, sometimes when I'm in a library, I look around at all the books around me and I think far out there are so many books. There are so many books in the world and and people just mm. write them and um and and that's how it, how it works. And I mean all of that might seem completely self-evident, but it does still kind of boggle my mind. And just to give a sense of perspective, I mean you might not know this off the top of your head, but how many New Zealand authors are, are or, or books are, are published each year? It must be what in the hundreds, the thousands, the tens of thousands?
2: Uh, do- in the several hundreds uh-huh. absolutely and then if you add all the children's books in on top of that and then there's a, you know, there's a lot of writers who might self-publish and you know they may not come to your attention in library but yeah we are, we are a great country for writing and reading mm-hmm. you know, given our population um, it's an interesting thing and I completely understand what you say I know when I left journalism came into publishing um, not very long after I started the job I walked into Unity Wellington and I was just kind of overwhelmed yeah. thinking I'm actually going to be <laughs> trying to get a few more books onto these shelves. Uh. But somehow they all find their way. You know, all, there's, a, there's a kind of a little place and a little there's a niche for everything. But it is a room. It is prodigious, the amount of publishing that goes on.
1: It's staring. It's positively indecent, actually. I look around and I think, who is writing all of these books? And why can't I do it? But um, that's neither here nor there, <laughs> I suppose. Now, I'm going yeah. to ask you how this list uh, compares to previous years. But I suppose that's like picking between your children.
2: It really is. I you know, I think it is an incredibly strong list, but every year has its distinctions. But I think this year, what we're seeing is a lot of, especially in fiction, a lot, a lot of heavy hisses for want of a better word. Yeah, returning. Totally. So the three previous winners here of the Ockens, Catherine Trudgie, who's run it twice, Stephen Daisley pick Adam. There's two. When it used to be the Montanas, um, there's two winners. Kath, uh, Eleanor Catton, um, Emily Perkins, there's a Booker Prize winner, which is um Eleanor Catton. Mm. There's a Booker Prize long listy. So, you know, really um I think the fiction There's a couple of debut writers, but it's just one of those, I suppose, coincidences that these really great writers, um, all of, of whom but one is, a, is um female, have all got all had books out last year. So that that is going to be really tough. I don't envy the judges in that category. I think elsewhere, it's just showing what's going on in general in New Zealand publishing. A lot of strong work by a whole new generation of Pacific writers coming through. Mm. Um, A lot of writing by um, Asian New Zealanders, either born overseas or born in New Zealand. That's that's developing into a really, really strong strand in our literature. And then, of course, all the beautiful, illustrated nonfiction books, which New Zealand is so good at publishing.
1: Do you see those or feel those those trends happening in literature in, in sort of the wider New Zealand writing sphere? Because uh, you know, I don't know whether you'll agree with this, but I, I feel like you could kind of posit that New Zealand li- really distinctive New Zealand literature that was New Zealand literature as opposed to British light literature sort of took a while to to, to really develop its own identity. What do you think of that controversial statement?
2: Yeah. I mean I think it's true, but it probably it's been happening for a long yeah, time. You know, I think right, that yeah. kind of nationalism in our literature probably goes back to the nineteen fifties mm. and you know, the work of Alan Kerner. This was something that they, they debated all the time. And then of course, you know, we did for such a long time have that cultural cringe that our own writing wasn't good enough. And yeah. it is it is always disappointing to find people who only read international writers don't quite see how amazing our own literature and our own books are. But there is definitely something interesting going on. I would say, though, that particularly in fiction, I wouldn't say now that many of our writers are consciously trying to write New Zealand novels. Often the settings are New Zealand, but often they're very international in flavour. So I think, you know, we've kind of slipped the shackles of that a little bit. But I do also feel that... You know we still do feel a responsible responsibility the writers to be part of a kind of ongoing national cultural conversation, which you know sounds a bit pretentious, but our writers, I always think, are our thinkers, um, and I think they mm-hmm. do have a really important role to play in just pushing us in new directions and helping us reflect on where we 've been where we 're going. Books are just so good at that because we 've got the They've got the time and the space to do
1: it. We did an interview on nights last last year, um, which was about Irish literature because the Booker shortlist had just come out, and I think there were four four or five Irish writers on that on that mm-hmm. Booker shortlist, and um, a lot of people in Ireland were talking about this amazing golden age of Irish writing. You know, I think Paul Lynch won it. Um, Paul Murray as well was nominated for the book, and then you've got Sally Rennie and, I mean, Tui Twibin and all of these wonderful writers. But d- do you feel like New Zealand is also in a similar sort of golden age? I mean, if you look at some of the names that are publishing work at the moment, not just up-and-coming writers, but writers who've been writing a long time and are really, really starting to hit their stride, we've really got a wealth of talent here.
2: Oh, that we absolutely do. It's mean, there's an interesting question about, you know, what is it about the kind of condition of being Irish that gives their literature that inflection? And I think a lot of it is, in a way, a more homogeneous culture. So a a country that's been very dominated by the Catholic Church, and Mm. everyone's kind of wrestling with that in one way or another, and a country that's been very dominated by the civil unrest and the troubles and and the kind of impact of... um, of the kind of you know, colonization by Britain many, many centuries ago. Yeah. In a way, there is this kind of nub of Irishness. I think we're a little bit more diffuse than that. So I think that Pākehā writers are writing the kind of novels that they need to write, Pacific writers' ditto, Māori writers' ditto. We've probably got a few more things going on, but it does all add up to being New Zealand and the really interesting country that we are.
1: Now you mentioned this earlier as an aside but I do think that it's an interesting thing. I mean if I look at the shortlist for the the fiction prize um almost entirely women. Where are our yeah. male fiction writers? What's happened to our male fiction writers?
2: Well they're there. There was a, it was a much more uh, there were many more men in the list last year. I think sometimes it's just it's just you know how the chips fall how it is, yeah. who who's doing what how it is but certainly, you know, we've come as, I suppose, you know, I was um, I was reading something the other day about when Alan Kurnow, uh published the, his kind of anthology of New Zealand poetry back in the 50s. Barely a woman got into it because the women writers were kind of, you know, considered, you know, sort of yeah. definitely an inferior... Spe- I mean, we're we're long free of that. Mm. But there's no doubt that our women writers are very, very dominant at the moment, incredibly so, incredibly so, in fiction in particular.
1: 44 books on the list, and uh, the reason for that is uh, because the general non-fiction judges are allowed to pick 14 titles instead of 10. Why Mm -hmm. is that out of interest?
2: Well, it's a very big category, so it has many more entries, and it's a very diverse category. So <laughs> we used to, years ago, probably going back about, I don't know, eight, nine years, there used to be lots of subcategories in the non-fiction. So there was biography and natural history and, and history, etc. Um, every year we... Um, there's always commentary about the fact that we need to split it into two categories because there's so much memoir and what's now called creative nonfiction mm. being published, and we're all, it, it, there are always calls for the trust to split the awards in two, but actually. What the judges tell us year after year is that even though it looks like apples and oranges, they don't have any trouble in deciding which apples and which oranges should go to the top of the pile, and we also wouldn't have enough of each sort of genre yeah. to make a complete long list of ten, so that's why we combine them, but it is a it's a massive category those judges you know have the most onerous job um and we just thought. Too many books were missing out, given that there was a large number. So that's why we've we've increased the number.
1: Creative nonfiction is a hilarious phrase, isn't it?
2: It is. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, like I know what
1: that? I know what you mean yeah. by it, but it's kind of like, come on,
2: come yeah. on now. Yeah, non nonfiction with lots of adjectives and interesting punctuation. Yes. Who yes. oh,
1: no. knows? <laughs> <laughs> nonfiction without paragraphs. Yeah, deal with um But I suppose that is actually an interesting thing, isn't it? That. Um, you you have to you have to draw the line somewhere when it comes to awards. presumably you'd like to give everybody an award and a great big fat check, but um that's simply not how it works.
2: That isn't how it works and and you know, and I do think that you know, I'm just looking at the I'm just looking at the general fiction long list and so there's um you know, there's a collection of essays by Damon Saressa, who's now the vice chancellor of AUT, mm. former Rhodes Scholar, up against um, Guy on Esprin's memoir about his years of, you know, being an alcoholic, mm. um, up against a book about the Takahe. Now, both three books couldn't be more different. But I think that the judges are capable of selecting between them and judging each book on book on its own merits and, you know, still within the category. But yeah, it's a, it is a real mix.
1: We've got about a minute left, Nicola, and you've been very generous with your time, Mm -hmm. but um, there may be some listeners uh, listening this evening who, you know, feel like they've got a book inside them. We've all got a book inside us. And so um, from the perspective of someone who who does work in the the writing sphere, any advice on how to start or where to start?
2: Well, I think, you know, the best writers are great readers. So I think you just I think it's presumptuous to think that you can sit down one day, turn on your computer, and it will all pour out. I think you need to read really attentively to figure out what it is a really good book is doing. Not to copy it, but just to you know, increase your vocabulary, increase your syntax, understand what makes strong characters. But I do think one of the best things to do is find a good writing teacher or a writing course in a writing group. Um, it's very hard when you're on your own uh, mm-hmm. to be self-critical. And I think the more help that you can get and the more you can work with other writers and kind of workshop your work, that to me just seems like one of the most beneficial things you can do.
1: Nicola Leggett, thanks so much for your time this evening. It's been great.
2: My pleasure. Thanks, Neil. Bye.
1: That was Nicola Leggett, the Chair of the New Zealand Book Awards Trust. And uh, the awards, the Ockham New Zealand Book Awards, will be announced in May.